0: Coach Phil Houston here from the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast, and a quick one today for you. Uh, I wrote an article not too long ago uh, about artificial sweeteners and gut bacteria, and I want to kind of go over that today with you guys, share that uh, via podcast. Uh, but before we get started, real quickly, if you're listening on iTunes, would you drop us a five-star rating, let everybody know some value here for them, hopefully uh, you'll get something out of this today so you can take away, uh, that you can really put to use in your own life right now. So let's get right down to it, okay? So I came across a study recently uh, performed in Israel, actually um, actually between two universities, one in Israel, one in Singapore, um, that found that artificial sweeteners and sports supplements, uh, particularly those that use things like saccharin and, and sucralose and those kinds of things. And I'll go over all that stuff in a second, um, actually make your gut microbial, your gut bacteria toxic. Um, and what's crazy is I got a lot of pushback on this from some really smart people in, in the fitness profession, um, kind of saying to me that it, that it wasn't, it didn't, indicating kind of that wasn't important because we all deal with toxins differently. But the reality of it is that we're, we're bombarded with toxins every day and it really isn't any point to putting something in your body. That's going to just load up more. Uh, so I wanted to share this with you guys today and let you know about this stuff. Okay. Um, so this research was done between researchers at the Ben Gurion university of, of Negev in Israel and the Nanyang technological university in Singapore. Not that that really matters. It was a collaborative study that indicated the relative toxicity of six artificial sweeteners, aspartame, sucralose, Saccharin, neotame, adventame, and acesulfame K, or acesulfame potassium, as well as 10 sports supplements containing these sweeteners. Uh, the bacteria found that the digestive system became toxic when exposed to concentrations of only one milligram per milliliter of the artificial sweeteners. That's a really low concentration, like, like tiny low, really tiny. Um, so Professor Kushmaro, uh, who's a John Unger chair of biotech at, uh, in, uh, in, in the, uh, at I'm sorry, in Israel, um, he said that they modified bioluminescent E. coli bacteria, um, which their luminescence, uh, there's luminescence, it light up when they detect toxicants and act as a sensing model representative of the complex microbial system. So, what they were using is a really sensitive bacteria, E. coli, um, that they could light up with this stuff and then find it in the, in the digestive system. Um, and there's more to this, but uh, they, they wanted to use it as a way to see how much sweetener. Dent, you know, in terms of concentration was needed to intoxicate or toxicant um, these particular bugs in your system. So they said it's further evidence that that consumption of artificial sweeteners adversely affects gut microbial activity, which can cause a wide range of health issues. Uh, interestingly enough, artists, artificial sweeteners are also beginning to have an impact environmentally, as well as in the human body. Sucralose is being considered as an important tracer, quote unquote, or a substance, which helps identify where contamination comes from. So they're using sucralose in the water, water system to trace pollution back upstream uh, because it doesn't biodegrade easily. It remains intact in the water supplies for a real long period of time, and that makes it easy to trace downstream so they can kind of see where this stuff is coming from. Um, so Piero Gardinelli, who's an associate professor at Florida International University, said that the whole purpose of having an artificial sweetener is that the body doesn't rec- recognize it as fuel, so you don't use it for energy. But we have seen that if you put it in a wastewater treatment plant, nothing happens to it because the microorganisms don't recognize it as food either. That's kind of fascinating when you think about it. Uh, The Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, for example, which serves Los Angeles, monitors its water for sucralose to reveal the presence of treated wastewater once a year, according to a guy named Stu Krasner, uh, who's the principal environmental scientist. Sucralose has been used for similar purposes elsewhere in the US and across Europe. And a, and a fellow named Henry Briseño, who's a professor of Florida, also at Florida Atlantic International University, said he's working with the US National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, to apply it to assessing the impacts of Hurricane Irma. So again, tracing water up and downstream to find out where stuff goes. Said that uh, has found that Sucralose can potentially be used not just as a tracer, which flags a potential problem, but also as an indicator, which means it can help determine the extent of the problem. Um, He's presented research findings based on several analyses he's done that suggest once sucralose levels in the body of water rise above 57 parts per trillion. Again, we're talking tiny, tiny concentrations, 57 parts per trillion, um, that it's an indicator that the water is experiencing some level of human impact and the onset of eutrophication Nutrient loading that can encourage plant growth and suffocate animal life. Um, so eutrophication is, a, is really bad news. Um, I was in Florida not too long ago visiting my stepson, and he lives down in, in, uh, um, down by the Space Coast, so down on um, Cape Canaveral, down in that area. And a lot of the backwaters in, in there are loaded up with this green algae that they can't, they can't seem to stop um, because there's problems with the water. And, and it, it becomes an issue for them, uh, because they, they get an overgrowth of this stuff and they, and they just can't get it out of there. That's, that's part of the, one of the, one of the uh, uh, side effects or effects of eutrophication of water. Uh, the extent of the damage, according to um, Briseño, uh is deemed significant when levels exceed 150 parts per trillion. So, again, talking about really low concentrations of this stuff. Um, the argument countering the environmental impact argument has been the benefits of artificial sweeteners as it relates to obesity and type 2 diabetes. However, and this is something I found in my own research, really interesting, research has shown mixed results on both fronts here. There are some observational studies uh, that, that have connected artificial sweetener use with reductions in BMI and body fat, while others have shown a connection between use and increases in both of those things. So you've got conflicting evidence about whether it's good for you in terms of weight loss and body fat reduction. And experimental studies have also been equally mixed. The overall indication is that replacement of sugar with artificial sweeteners seems to have a slight positive benefit as it relates to BMI and body fat reductions. But in relation to type 2 diabetes, the research results seem to be more consistent. Concerns have been raised that artificial sweeteners could increase insulin resistance and glucose intolerance, um, and that's a bad thing if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to maintain control over your type 2 diabetes. A group of scientists found that glucose intolerance increased in mice fed an artificial sweetener. That is, the mice became less able to stabilize their blood sugar levels after eating sugar. The same group of researchers also found that when germ-free mice were implanted with the bacteria of the glucose intolerant mice, they also became glucose intolerant. So their, their genome got affected by the bacteria from other mice that were carrying the, now, now carrying, anyway, the epigenetic marker of the intoler- glucose intolerance. Some observational studies in humans have found that frequent long-term consumption of artificial sweeteners is associated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. But currently, the link between type 2 diabetes and artificial so- sweeteners is just an association. More studies are going to be required to determine whether, whether artificial sweeteners actually cause an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. But here's the thing. If there's a risk of, of encouraging your body or encouraging yourself, creating a risk for yourself of type 2 diabetes, why would you do it? All right, you don't need to do it. The research into the negative impact on gut bacteria of artificial sweeteners seems to be a lot clearer though. Sucralose and other sweeteners have a significant negative impact on gut bacteria and this bodes very poorly for gut health and health overall. Artificial sweeteners are used in countless food products and soft drinks with reduced sugar content. Many people consume this added ingredient without their knowledge. Moreover, artificial sweeteners have been identified as emerging environmental pollutants that can be found in drinking and surface water and also in groundwater aquifers, which means they're getting underground and getting deep, the deep water and getting spread throughout water supplies, not a, not a good thing. Um, one of the scientists said that the results of this study might help in understanding the relative toxicity of artificial sweeteners and the potential negative side effects on the gut microbial community, as well as the environment. Furthermore, the tested bioluminescent bacterial panel can potentially be used for detecting artificial sweeteners in the environment, according to Professor Kush So this is is a a real serious issue um, that is gonna require more experimentation. But I think, here's the thing, you don't need to take artificial sweeteners. Um, If you're you're on, if you get on my Instagram page, you get on my my Facebook page, or I'm I'm sorry, on my uh, website page, um, you will find a link to a product called Swerve, which is a natural sugar replacement that my wife and I use, we love it. It tastes just like sugar, has no aftertaste, and has no artificial ingredients. It's a combination of stevia and erythritol. erythritol Erythritol's got some, you know, there's some argument about about erythritol as well, but it doesn't have anywhere near the risk that these artificial sweeteners do, okay? So we're talking saccharin, sucralose, aspartame, adventame, neotame, and poly, poly sorry, acesulfame K, acesulfame potassium. Those are the big ones, all right? Um, They're gonna hurt your gut bacteria, that there's, that there's no point in taking them if you, don't, if you have a artif- uh, natural alternative and you do. Um, and I'm encouraging you to look into Swerve and there are some others, Truvia, some other ones that are also acceptable out there. Um, but don't take my word for it. Do your research. Do your reading. And, again, as always, this is Coach Phil Houston from the Four Pillar Fitness Podcast. Uh, you can reach me through my podcast page. You can reach me at CoachPhilHouston.com, on Instagram at CoachPhilHouston, on Twitter at PhilHouston, and at uh, CoachPhilHouston at gmail.com. Your thoughts and concerns are always welcome and keep the faith and keep after it.